So we got out and now I'm a car dealer. So the one thing, if I just stuck with that, but there's a pride in me, like, I don't, don't want to be, be a used car. I'm not a used car guy. Yeah. Turns out I was, was a used car Hell guy. Hell of a used car guy. So... <laughs> So thank you so much for joining us for the CEO Parenting Podcast. My name is Thomas Cox. My guest today is Stephen Ogletree. So on this podcast, we take business owners and C-suite executives who are doing a very, very good job in the business world, but also thriving and doing a good job being a parent, being a spouse, all those different things. And so Stephen was a recommendation from one of our former guests, Jeremy Simmons. We both know and love Jeremy Simmons. And so I found out that a lot of the people we've had on here have been, matter of fact, I would say over half of our guests have been people I do not know. And they've been the better guests than the people I do know because I don't know a lot about you. So I know Stephen a little bit, but not a lot. And so all these conversations that we have are of us talking and I like, I don't, I don't know 95% of what you're going to say today, which I think is fascinating. It's great. So um, when, when Jeremy introduced us, he sent me you know, the name of your company. Mm-hmm. He's like, y'all have met before. And then I looked up the video. I saw 30 seconds of the video and I stopped watching because I don't like to know a lot about you. So, okay. So really, really quickly, Stephen, tell us about who you are, what you do, your company, and then we can just take it from there. Um, so I'll take who I am yep. first. Um, born and raised in Birmingham. Okay. Went to Briarwood. Mm-hmm. Then went to Auburn. I knew my whole life I wanted to be an architect. So I would draw like blueprints of my friends' houses, my grandparents' houses, my house. Got to Auburn freshman year. Turned out I just cannot draw. And when I was at Briarwood, what? it turns out that no one else could draw because I was really good at Briarwood. But I got to Auburn and I really wasn't good. So they you mean said, like good compared to everybody else? Correct. Like I would put my 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 project down and then people would put theirs on top of mine and mine would go from looking great to looking like chicken scratch. So I said, what would transfer so that I don't lose all these credits mm. first year? And they said building science. So I did building science at Auburn. Well, explain that. What is, build, what, what is a building a, science? It's basically a general contractor. So you're managing time and money for somebody to build a project. So it's like it's like a general contractor's degree. It's a general contractor's degree. Yeah. It's like so civil you, but engineering. But they teach you do they teach you the business ex, the business aspects, the money by costs and P&Ls and things like that. They do. Uh well, they do. Well, then I wanted to get a business minor cuz I was only like two classes shy. So I got Perfect. a business minor. And um you know, got out and uh read everything I could get my hands on. Like what? I love like when you Robert, say when Robert, you say, yeah. said biz, business. Books. Okay, yeah, okay. So Robert Kiyosaki, like rich dad, poor dad, um, anything good to grade, anything yeah. classics. That, yeah, just your one on ones. But it affected me. So I was with a construction company, um, and I said, "Send me as far as you can send me." And I was worked for Hoare Construction, and they treated me like gold. When you say send me as far as you can send me, you mean it, I'm young. Yeah, like you're they not always married, say, take no risk kids. before responsibility. I was married. I got married my senior year at Auburn. Say, what'd you say? Take what? Risk before responsibility. So the lesson there is for all you young kids out there that aren't married. I say tied down because tied down is horrible, but not tied down to a wife or kids. Right. Go and do as much as you possibly take can. Risk and. I just wanted to travel, and you know, we growing up, we went as far north as. Baltimore as far yeah. south as Destin. And I went skiing for my first time when I was 18. I saw Colorado. But anyway, we just didn't get out. So I wanted to go. So 
Horror Construction responded and they sent me to Temecula, California and Miami, Florida. And just, what did you do for them? A project manager. So yeah. again, I'm managing time and money. So Hor is a construction company. They're based in Birmingham, aren't they? They are. They're based in Birmingham. Uh, you see their signs everywhere. They do tons of business everywhere. I didn't know they did stuff nationally. They do. Yeah. So they built um, malls back when nobody was building malls. And they were kind of known as the mall builder, but then they got healthcare division, they got an industrial division, commercial division. So anyway, so that's, I guess, so who I was. So uh, fast forward to now I'm not happy because I, I kind of see, well, wait, I'm making this other company a ton of money, which every employee makes their employer money. Absolutely. But not everybody sees that, Stephen. And it bothered me. And I don't know why. And I had great leadership there and they trained me very classically and, you would write your list out in blue ink and you would cross it off and, and yellow highlighter or orange highlighter. And, uh, I, I hated that. And I said, why do I have to do it like this? He said, it's a system. Okay. You can change a system. Sure. But have a system for everything you do. Mm. And so they were very, I just had great leadership. So I left whore construction to start a nutrition company. Okay. So let's go back. How old are you when you left whore? Uh, Jackson was my firstborn was six months old. So that made me like 27. So you were with them for five or six years. Yes. Okay. So you left them to start a nutrition. Nutri okay. So here's the thing that people don't, I think a lot of people, probably people listen to this do, but a lot of people don't realize is a job like that is wonderful for a large portion of the population. Absolutely. You probably made more than average money. You were treated well. You had great leadership. It sounds like they're no good quality people. Great quality people. And- you weren't satisfied. I know it's weird. No, it, it's not. It's just something in you that's like, I think I can do something. So rewind a little bit in 2001. So when I'm, I don't know, 24, yeah. I had this crazy idea to buy and sell my dream car. Actually, I had the crazy idea to own my dream car. Okay. So everybody has a dream car. Yeah. My youngest son is a, is a DeLorean. How old is he? He's 14. That's great. And he's like, we're getting it right, dad. Like, no, buddy, we're not getting a DeLorean. So he found a car he likes just as good, and it's a Ferrari Testarossa. He's not looking at prices. He's just no. looking at the body. Yeah. I'm like, buddy. Easy. Buddy, come on. Yeah. Okay, so John, my 14-year-old, she wants an old truck. Nice. 80s. Yeah. 70s. I hate to say that old 80s is old. I know. But she wants an old truck. Now, now Tegan, my son, he wants, like, he's like yours. Yeah. Ferrari. Bugatti. Yeah. Lambo. So we were in Cartersville. I love this story. So we were in Cartersville playing volleyball. Like this is like two months ago. And we were getting gas, leaving. We'd gotten food. Where I get, went to get a cup of coffee. First drive back to Alabama. And I look out and there is a Lamborghini mm. in the gas station. And I go, T. He nearly lost his mind. And the guy that had it, that owned it, was so wonderful. He had his little girl with him. That's like she was like eight or nine. And I go, sir, do you care if my son comes over here and looks at your car? And he goes, absolutely. Y'all come over here. And he says, hey, do you want to get in? And he let Tegan get in the car. Wow. Listen, it made his, it made his day. So, so I, I can identify with the car thing for my kids, not for me for so much. but So he wants a Ferrari. No, he wants a DeLorean. DeLorean, but well, and a Ferrari, Ferrari is number two. Listen, he's not picky. He'd take either. No, one. he either one's fine, Dad. Yeah, it's weird because people are born car people or they're not. 
And my brother, neither of my brothers are car peoples. Um, my sister's not a car person. Yeah. I just, I've always noticed them and I've always loved cars. That's great. Yeah. So, okay. So you're, so where, why did we, okay. Sorry. So yeah, you started talking about I, your dream I went, car. I went a little too far with the nutrition. So in 2001, nights and weekends, um, well, I guess I bought my first Land Rover and someone bought it from me almost instantly. And I said, okay. shoot, I can't keep this. Uh, so I bought another one and almost the same thing happened. And then the light turned on, it was a dim light, but it said, what if you can play with house money? What if you can yeah. sell enough of these to just own one? So how much did it cost you? When you bought it. Well, so when I said, send me as far as you can go, yeah, they sent me to Miami. Okay. And in construction, you get a daily per diem. And the per diem is basically cash a day to yeah. eat and whatever. Well, it was a huge construction project and subs brought food in. I would eat peanut butter and jelly. I did whatever. And I was just- You rat hold the right. per diem. So it. you get that, you come <laughs> back, you buy one. Uh, the first one I think was $18,000. Okay. That's a lot of money back in- 2001, 2001 for a 24-year-old kid. That's a lot of money. Okay. And then, you know, probably sold it in the 20s, bought one, just kept trading up. Well, my father-in-law sees this and says, I'm retiring from construction company. He has his own company. And he said, how about a little money behind you? You think we could do this? To make cars? Cars, defenders. Just what I do. So he saw- and you're 24. Yeah. Okay. And you're still this. working in construction and you're, yes. start, you're, you're doing the car flipping. So this car flipping thing is super popular now, but was not. Was, I don't know. There's nothing back then. Nothing. I would go to like a bookstore and find a Land Rover magazine and, you know, but there, yeah, there was, there were TV shows on cars. And so, um, okay. but it was just, you know, it was a passion. It was a true passion. Yeah, sure. Like the, the thing that I just loved them and they come in, it was great. So I did that, but I didn't want to be a, the, the pride in me didn't want to be a used car dealer. So yeah, yeah, I, I was that. flipping it just on the side. You know, it's right. just a fun car. And then when I opened the nutrition store and I left Hoare Construction, nights and weekends for about four years, um, doing the cars to start a nutrition company. Okay. And it Were you was, making money on the car stuff or were, was it just, I'm just flipping up to get better cars? Were you like ever saving, you know, Pocketing a thousand, pocketing five thousand. Were you you so you were were you making money on the cars? We were. Okay. So good. we made money on every car, but we never touched it. It just stayed. Uh we never took a dime out. And that's another great lesson for yeah. you kids out there. Um don't leave a job till you have a job. I I can tell yes. And when you start making money, just live as lean as possible. So I could still live off my construction salary. Yeah. And I was just banking that. So I took the bunny I banked to start a nutrition company. Okay. And it was like a GNC. Okay. So a supplement store time. Supplements. And this is back in the uh, Andro days. And Mark back McGuire, in the- McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Oh, yes. Barry Bonds. Like, dudes are just, yes. And okay. they're, they're awesome. I have wanted Andro. Oh, yeah. And it's, but then you have to take all these other pills to combat estrogen. There, there's a whole process with that. Yeah. And I was so passionate about that. Um, so I physically played high school sports, mm -hmm. and then at 18, we'll keep backing up. We'll, we'll move forward. Yeah, sure. Uh, I decided I want to be a bodybuilder. Okay. And so at 19, I did my first show, and I did competitive bodybuilding from 19 to 29. Oh, my god! So I won Mr. Teen Alabama at 19. Okay. And kind of peaked right then. <laughs> so about 10 more years. Of Same as Jeremy. At my peak at 19. <laughs> working out, and uh, but I did like – 
uh, health and fitness. And that was just a, another big passion. About Natural it. bodybuilding or enhanced bodybuilding? Natural. So it's really? uh, it uh, a hard job. SNBF, the Southern Natural Bodybuilding Federation. <laughs> so you would get tested. And mm. um, anyway, it was a, a part of my life that was, it was great. But the nutrition store was just an epic failure. Um, really? Just, I remember sitting there multiple days and not having a customer darken the door. Not having a person walk in. Not one person. So you're questioning the whole time, like, why is this not working? What what kind of, what I did wrong? What can I do better? So I'm. So what made you think at 24 that, that I mean, I'm not questioning you, but what made you think this is going to kill it? Because as you, you, you're, because your, your world of passionate supplements and bodybuilding. So I, I, I thought my best friend owned a fitness franchise and he was killing it. And I thought, I mean, he's a guy I've worked out with us since I've been 14. So he's doing this. I'll kind of like have a supplement business to that. Um, no pun intended. Yeah. And be able to just, just hop right in. And um, didn't it work. didn't work. And it was probably too far ahead of the time as far as people back then didn't really supplement. Yeah, you know, protein shakes, you never saw them. No. Now you watch a golf tournament and they're shaking up protein shakers in between holes. Like everybody's just more aware. But back in 2000 and would that be 2004? It was there. It just wasn't as prevalent as it is now. No. And then the internet. Like, why would you not just buy that online? I don't need to try on protein. Yeah. I don't need to try creatine on. I can just buy it. So um, anyway, it was a massive learning, um, uh, a massive learning lesson for me. How long did you have that business? Uh, about two years. Um, so I'm, I'm grasping at straws now because I'm not yeah. doing well. My mother-in-law is buying me groceries because mm. I've quit the construction company. My Cobra sure. insurance is about to run out and I go to Planet Smoothie and there's a line out the door. And it used to be at the summit next to uh, yeah. where Zoe's is. Zoe's is. Where Zoe's was, yeah. Yeah. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I found out the owner was a customer of mine. And I said, hey, man, can I put some supplements in here? He said, boy, can you? Absolutely. Just keep it stocked. Keep up with it. We'll split the money. And about a month went by and just couldn't keep it on the shelves. <gasps> so I was like, okay, this is working. So he said, why don't you just buy in this franchise? So... Well, so there are so many layers to you that I didn't know. This is awesome. Well, these are not great layers. <laughs> these, these are scar tissue layers. <laughs> this, this is all stuff you learn. So anyway, we go down this and we have franchises in Birmingham and, and in Atlanta. So we start oh, on that train. Planet Smoothie? Yeah. And so I'm going to Atlanta. And again, I'm 28, 29 years old, driving to Atlanta and, you know, a defender and checking on stores and just we we're about to open a, a, like a, our first new store. We were kind of buying stores and it was just like a voice inside. It was just like, stop, just stop. This is not going anywhere. So you're partnering with this guy. So mm -hmm. you and this other guy are on these, these stores that you are buying out. How many did y'all have at the time? We just had three. So I had three planet smoothie stores. Is this paying bills for bills for you? Are you, are you making income on it? So you can pay a manager Yep. or you can pay yourself. Sure. And so I was paying myself. And so not really. I mean, every Friday night, Saturday night, every prom, every, every, anytime something happened, I was closing, I was working the store. And so I remember there's a show called CSI Miami. Yeah. 
like a thriller. Yeah, and it. my goal, we would close at nine, was to be able to get done and get home by 9.30 and watch it with the last half of my wife. Mm-hmm. Well, if you know anything about the show, that's terrible. You've missed the whole- you missed the whole plot, the, the whole front 30 end. minutes. Like, yeah. so, but that was like my whole goal was to be able to get home by 9.30. <laughs> so um, anyway, and there, there, was, there was house flipping in this. We, we bought uh, a few yachts when the construction industry in 0708 was going yeah. down. It was it was crazy, and then oh seven oh eight happened. Yeah, and so um, anyway, uh, so I learned a lot about yeah. what not to do. I think in the nu- nutrition, what I learned is when I have to say my shop is behind fill in the blank, it's probably not probably a great not a location. good idea. Um, but you know, young, eager, sure. learned a lot. And um, so tell a, me about the planet smoothie thing. So you, so you said something inside said stop, just stop. And I remember my dad co-sign for me and that's a big deal because if i failed they're coming to him taking his house or whatever and he said i don't think this is a good idea i don't believe in the idea but i believe in you mm-hmm. and so if you want to do this i'll co-sign but retail is tough it's nights it's weekends and i was like dad no offense but you don't know what you're talking about mm, yeah. <laughs> and he was he was gracious and so he said uh, his father told him when he graduated college that he would lose money in transactions that would equal his college education. And I thought, that's, there's no way. And he's absolutely right, because I did. Um, wow. And so I was just trying to stay afloat. I'm grabbing. Yeah. And it was just... Married with a kid. Too much. To, we're married with a kid. Yeah. And it was just too much. Yeah. And I was never home. And that's not what I wanted. Sure. And so I called my business partner. I said, I can't do this new Planet Smoothie. I'm out. Yeah. And so we got with the broker. We sold them. That is something I didn't know you could do. You can sell yeah. a business. And we sold them and, um, you know, got out of those. Luckily, Zoe's needed the space at the summit. Yeah. So we got out and now I'm a car dealer. So the one thing, if I just stuck with that, but there's a pride in me, like, I don't, don't want to be a used car. I'm not a used car guy. Turns out I was, was a used car guy. Hell of a used car guy. So, um, so now, you know, 07, 08, and the great thing about the, the Land River Defender is they only made 7,000. So we, we buy and sell a car. They made three years. They made 7,000. They're all hand-numbered, and you can't find them. I don't understand this. I don't understand this world. So tell me, tell, Land Rover, there's only 7,000 of them in the world? So good per question. Year? So the car you drove here on. There's a North American spec and there's a rest of world spec. So rest of world doesn't care about safety as much, emissions as much, (laughs) all these other things. A lot of times they're on the right, you know, the steering wheels on the right hand side. So for North America, they made 7,000 North American versions. Land River did. What year? 94, 95, and 97. That's it. That's it. Whoa, 94, 95, 97. No 96. There was no 96 GP, they're airbags were a thing. So that's why they canceled the Defender 97 to North America. Every car 98 had to have airbags. So everybody in 96 was getting ready. So it was, it was just my dream car. And do they not make, do they don't make them now? Do they, they got a new in version. 2020 now. they started. They, that's right. Remaking them. So from 97 to 2020, so 23 years, they didn't make it. Mm-mm. Well, they made them in the rest of the world. So they made it up to uh, 2016. But, not in America. Not in America. Okay, so there's only 7,000. I had no idea about yeah. this. So there's only 7,000 of these, and this is the, the business that you're in is like taking these cars and... Well, then we just sold them. You know, 
buy it and sell it. And that's all we did. And then they start getting older and older mm. and you have to start working on them. And so I remember um, we had an executive at Colgate Palm Olive. He said, I have a Defender. I just want to send it to you. And you just do what you do on your cars to my car. And I said, we don't do that. We just sell them. And he was so persistent that eventually he was like, I'm going to send you my car. Yeah. And we did. We made money. It was like, hey, there's another avenue, another stream of revenue yeah. to be able to. You're now a mechanic. Yeah. So I can, well, I can hire. We were sure. subbing everything out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not gifted in that. I yeah. get frustrated. I generally make things worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, 0708 was great for us because uh, it's like selling beachfront property. There are only 7,000 defenders and the people buying them are fluent enough that they're going to keep A little bit recession proof. Yeah, there you go. It's like a house in Homewood. Yeah. Nice. There aren't any more. Yeah. No, there's only eight square, Homewood's eight square miles. So yeah. I mean, there's no more land there. So, um, yeah, we come out of that and kind of still shell shock from everything else business-wise. Um, have my second kid in 08. Okay. And um, I'm just recognizing the passion I had to be the next entrepreneur of the year or whatever is slowly getting... Um, a little faded yeah. because I want to be a dad. Sure. I had a great dad. Yeah. Um, my parents been married for 150 years <laughs> and nice. you know, he had a great day. He spent tons of time with us. He yeah. worked, but he also spent time. And uh, that was kind of the second voice that I heard is like, I don't want it as bad as I thought I did. Mm. And so that's not to say give up, but no. your time to take risk is, is, is short. And I took yes. the risk and it, you know, some paid out, some didn't, but now it's, let's, let's, uh, let's be home more. Gotcha. So this uh, we're in 08, have kid number two. Are you still doing the, the. Just Land Rovers. Just Land Rovers. Yeah. Okay. So what did you transition to from there? Um, we have, uh, well, so back then everything online was, you know, Thomas Cox, uh, something like .com. Like you put your name and everything. So we were landroversforsale.com. Sounds great. And and Google loved that. Like it, it yeah. popped up wonderfully. In 2010, Land Rover wrote cease and desist to everybody who had the word Rover in their name. So we panicked. So we changed to Adventure Motor Cars. Okay. So what we did in 2011 is we started hiring um, technicians. And now we're not paying, you know, subbing out everything. We're actually self-performing things. Right. And then my education goes back in. It's like, wait, I'm just building this car for a guy. It's the same as construction. Same I'm thing. just managing time and money. I've got an owner. I can do this. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, that kind of began that. And then people send us their cars and say, hey, would you sell this for me? So we had consignments. So if you have a Defender... I can restore it for you. If you have a Defender, I can sell it for you or I can just buy it from you. Okay. So when I saw the video, it was shot at Honeywood, which mm-hmm. was not Honeywood anymore, but, and I saw the Defender. So like, is that what you still do today? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it just still just Defenders? Mm-hmm. So it's the same 7,000 Defenders? Mm-hmm. Just keep running through them. But typical... Um, so you're selling the same 7,000, not all 7,000, but you're selling the same cars over and over. Have you ever had a car twice? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we've had like three and four times. Because, you know, it's like, Thomas, man, love working with you. And you say, man, I love working with you. And so you, three to five years later, you're like, God, I really want a Hummer or a 911 or something. So you just sell it back to me. And then I find a new family. So these are like the unselfish Porsches. So in fact, like you can put your whole family in the car and you can go on in like an adventure. I'm baffled by this. Yeah. So you're, you make a pretty good living selling the same cars over and over again. But on a very small level. So we're only selling about 40 a year. Okay. So, I mean, 40 a year to hit 7,000. Yeah, you're right about that. It's, um, you know, and it's, we, we thought we would maybe trans over, transition over to the European ones, the rest of worlds. Yeah. But the, the best analogy is if we were in the UK right now talking on a podcast yeah. and you said there's this car, it's called a Ford F-150. Um, let's go find the nicest 1990s F-150 there is in the US. They're all hammered. Like every, so in the, in Europe, the Defender is the F-150. It's the workhorse. You got military uses them. The cable company uses them. There's, the gaz there's gazillions of them. Every contractor. Oh yeah. So there's literally million, oh, like a 1 million rest of world. There's 7,000 NAS North American spec. That's awesome. So they just keep going up in value. Because even though they're old every year, there are less of them though. So it's a supply and demand thing. So you're, so you guys will keep making money, even though the products is keeps getting a year older, you're making more money every year because the value goes up. Right. So if you want to import one, it has to be 25 years old. So this year you can import a 1997. Okay. 98. But so the, the rest of worlds keep getting older. Yeah, sure. Our cars, they're not letting more in of the North American because we got them all. So they're just getting rarer. So it's, it's a very, it's a, it's such a unique uh, niche business, but we are the only people in the country that will buy and sell them and also refurbish them. Work on them. So there's people that refurbish them that do a great job. There's people that buy and sell them and do a great job. There's but no you, way that does both. The, how much of the income, what percentage of the income is the refurbishing and fixing? Uh, so there's higher margins on that. Sure. Um, but it's probably income, probably 25%. Oh, so 75% is buying and selling. Yeah. That's kind of the, that's where you really do well. So if you, so not the super nice one, not a crappy one of the 7,000, middle of the road, the year's almost the same. What would you buy one from an individual? Just middle of the road. Uh, we, you know, typically our, our typical sales price now is probably in the nineties. And so you're, 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 you get from, from like if I, I sold you a defender somewhere in the seventies, put 10 or $12,000 into it. Uh, we put a lot of money in our cars because I got to put my name on it. So you're going to buy a 25 year old, 26 year old car for $70,000. Yes. And then put another ten or $12,000 in it. Yes. What do you spend ten or $12,000 or maybe even more? What do you spend that money doing? Um, really? Is it aesthetic or is it internal? Yeah. So you, just like a house, you got to start the foundation. Sure. So we're going to start at the, the frame, the chassis, make sure there's no rust. Um, rush remediation is, is kind of the, where you start. Then mechanically, make sure it runs and drives well. And then, yeah, you got the inside and the outside. And the, the, you know, the cosmetics of it. And so it, it, 
we try to go to a level of what one would have looked like a few years old, slightly used. Yeah. And that's a hard line in the sand, but you got to stop somewhere because if you replace every nut and bolt, no, 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 you can't. You'll never finish. And if you do nothing, that's not good either. So, what is the worst? What is the worst part of those cars? Like you're constantly having to do that. Rust. Rust. What's the? They be- went to really a, a lot of these went coastal, or they went northeast. And Sand and then salt. salt and snow. Yeah. So they rust really bad. Also, they're aluminum bodies, which is good. Um, but they also have what's called electrolysis, which is a chemical reaction between dissimilar metals. So you have aluminum and steel and water and electricity, all these things, and they, they bubble up real bad. So rust and paint and body are the two biggest things we spend money on. What's the best part of those cars? The value. No, no, no. It, it, like on the car, like the the mechanisms or the mm, construction. I would, the, I would say the engine. I mean, the engine's an old Land Rover got an old Buick engine, so it's an old Buick two fifteen so from the sixties. Is they all V sixes, V eights? What all V eights? All V eights, all full time four wheel drive. Um, gross vehicle weight's like six thousand pounds, six thousand and one pound. What is the? They're very heavy. What is the G wagon poundage that? It's it's over six thousand. So over six thousand. Okay. In the nineties, you wanted over six thousand to avoid a tariff import tariff. Okay. Now you want over six thousand to avoid. Um, th- there's a tax, tax break for vehicles over six thousand. So it's considered a working vehicle. That's right. It's and why it's why the G wagon was made. You get rapid depreciation. Yes. And so you can write off. It's the rich people car. I think half. Absolutely. It's rich people car. Yeah. It's, and I explained that to my, so, so Tegan understands that. Yeah. He goes, because he always sees when he sees a G wagon now, he knows that someone's bought that for the tax write off because it can yeah. be used as a work vehicle. So it's G wagons and big gigantic farm trucks. Yeah. If you make, you know, $200,000 profit and you go to your accountant and he says, buy a car, you can write off half the G wagons value year. You one. go buy that. And then because the, the value of that is not going to go down because it's not like a defender, but they don't make tons and tons of those. Yeah. And the, yeah, the G wagon, they just had a facelift and yeah, it's, that's right. I mean, they're not, they're not terrible on that, but yeah, the defender just keeps going up in value. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Okay. Realistically, how long can you ride this train? I don't know. <laughs> you going to keep riding. It? I don't know. I mean, when we started the issue was, you know, how can you make it five years? Because they say 90% of businesses go out of, small businesses go out in five years. When you get to 10 years, 90% of those go out. So once you make it 10 years, you've the 90% of the 90%. We've been 10. So you got that that 10 year point is a big We're over 10. We're right at 11 right now. I did not know that. You learn. Say that again now. So they say that 90% of small businesses fail in the first five years. I've heard that. And then 90% of those businesses fail before 10. before 10. So if you can make it 10 years, you've probably got a really good product. How long have y'all been? 22. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. So, so okay. So what's, is there, is there an exit strategy here? Is this something you could sell to somebody you think? There, I mean, there, there's a. Because a, you don't have any tangible, you're like me. You don't have anything actually tangible you've got a heck of a brand i would imagine people all over the country know you know about you especially in this niche but could you sell it so 
that that's a question that probably five years ago started burning mm. is what is what is the exit because so many small businesses they just shut down they just go away sure so you got to have something to carry on so yeah name a brand absolutely you have that but you have to have um i think it's marcus lamona said you have every business three things you have people you have product you have process and yeah. When you can have a process, that's something you, that's sellable because mm-hmm. you have a way of doing something. We have the right people, you know, that's something as well. And then when you have a great product, I think that's sellable. So what's stopping somebody from being my competitor? One is just a barrier of entry of you don't have the, you don't have the reps. You don't have the, yeah. you don't have, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred, however many cars sold. You don't have that. So I think um, it is sellable, but much like your business, we are the business. Um, now, th- th- without my guys, nothing would happen. So I'm not saying that in vain. My guys make everything happen at the shop, my technicians. But uh, I think there is something there. And I think that, you know, there's EBITDA, there's uh, earnings before yeah. interest tax and amortization three to five times that, you know, there's, there's something there where somebody could walk in your business and say, I'll pay you this. Yeah. Because but you, this is how much you made. I'll pay you three X of that. Right. So how many employees do you have? Six. What do they consist? Five. What do they consist of? I'm the six. You just fire somebody? No, my, <laughs> my son, uh, his 19 is just come on. So I'm, 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 I'm adding that. Um, so two, I would say, two lead technicians that can literally take a car apart and put it back together. Like if you want to pull a prank on somebody, I could have a defender apart and like overnight. Mm. They're amazing. Uh, one that I would call like a technician in training that is training to be able to do that. Um, and then uh, I've got a guy who helps me administrative wise, like with titles and yeah, sure. paperwork and, all the stuff, the, the yeah. behind the scenes stuff, the, and listing every, and photoing. Most and, people hate. Yeah, which by the way, we used to photo up here before y'all did all this construction. Uh, in the parking lot. Yeah, I called Steve Blair. I was like, hey, can I come photo? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, but the, did you do it on the helipad? Oh, yeah. It was awesome. I bet it But yes. then they. Uh, then they tore it down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, my son is, is we're, we're figuring out, uh, we're figuring out a role. So he's great at, Jumping in, helping out, good attitude. Right. But, um, you know, just trying to figure that out. How do you sell them? So Johnny brings you a car, you buy the car for 70 grand, you sell it for 105, 90, whatever the number is. How do you sell them? Great question. So for years, it was eBay. eBay was the way we sold cars. And we were on eBay. $90,000 cars being sold on eBay. Oh, yeah. $100,000 cars. And this is back when they, yes, absolutely. And uh, eBay was... (laughs) Was our way of selling cars. So like oh one, oh two, oh three, we were early to eBay, and it was awesome. And then it kind of faded for a while, and then Instagram about five years ago was it because we're real. Like a lot of builders will have these built in other countries, import them, and just kind of have a showroom. They're not really building them. Like another company's building them, but we're real. Like I was on the road. I'm on the road probably half the week finding cars and and delivering cars and picking up cars and all the defenders. meeting customers yeah 
So yesterday in Atlanta, and then I had an opportunity to buy a car. A Defender. A Defender. And so I knew that I had to come to this. And so I sent my guy on. He just dropped me at a hotel in Atlanta. <laughs> so I called my brother. I was like, hey, dude, you want a, you want an awesome dinner? Anywhere you want in Atlanta, if you'll come pick me up. So he's like, it's date night. Me and my wife will both be there. So I nice. Said, so you got to pay for two dinners. <laughs> yeah. So I got back at like 11 last night and I'm always on the road, which is great. Going and picking up cars, meeting people, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So you went and picked up a car last night. Yeah. So we're always, so Instagram is a way I can show that. I can show to people that that's it. So then people follow you. They feel like they know you mm. just like people I follow. I've never met them, um, but I feel like I know them. And so Instagram has been the biggest hit for us the last five years. Do you, are you scared that at some point that may go away? And what would you do now? I mean, you pivoted obviously from eBay to Instagram. Are you, are you, are you scared that that may go away in a moment's notice? Because, um, because here's what we talk about with our brand. What we want to do is build a brand around our podcast, around the things that we do and believe in and have an audience that we can reach out to. But anybody that follows us on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever, I mean, they're just, we don't have access to those people other than that. We don't have an email, we don't have a telephone number. They're just a quote unquote follower. Have you ever thought about like how to, I say, don't want to say monetize, but get those people in a funnel to where you have, Johnny Smith's information in Roanoke, Virginia. Right. Do you have anything like that in place? I don't. And we've talked about building like a big database and having mailers and things like that, but Even, it just doesn't slow down. But I, I do. You think, understand what I'm saying though? I do. I do not. I, I do feel that that would be a way better system to have everybody's information. I do <laughs> feel that Instagram too, they know this. They know that they're creating sales for me and I'm not paying them anything. A dime. And so I think the algorithms are changing. We're seeing that. And your know, reels, when the reels came out a year ago, or when I found them, man, a reel would get tens of thousands of hits, like very quick. Yeah. And now it's really slow. And I think they're just changing the algorithm. So I think we'll have to pay for it. I think it'll still be there, but I think we're going to have to pay for it. I just sit there, like I'm sitting here, and I know Sam's sitting back over there thinking about what could, what would be that process. So, like, I think, so sending multiple messages a week of like, hey, sign up for our newsletter, sign up for our whatever, name, telephone number, email, name, yeah. telephone number, email. So you could capture that audience. Hey, we're not going to, all we're going to do is just continue to give you great Defender info. Do y'all create any content other than um, the videos of this this car is for sale? Uh, so I've got a weird business that we don't have a problem selling them. Everything would every defender would sell ten times. I can't find them. So I mainly need it's. I think it's called cross promotion. That every time I list a car for sale, somebody who's getting ready to sell one gets online to see, I wonder what they're worth now. They'll find my listing and say, hey, do you buy them? And then that's where we buy a lot of cars. But the buying is the hard part. The selling is the easy part. 
It's always been like that. You said you could sell it 10 times? Oh, yeah. If I had Okay, more. you've got a brand new car. You buy it for seven. I'm just using 70. You buy it for $70,000. You spend $10,000 putting it into it. You've got 80 in it. You can go sell that for what? Uh, Roundabout. Historically, we need about an 18% profit margin in order to make it worth spending the money because it's a long process. It's a three to six month process from the time I buy it to oh. the time I sell it. Oh, I did not know that now. So once I buy it... Um, it's like, a, you know, a waiter waiting tables. They're trying to turn the tables over two or three or four times a night. We try to turn our money over at least three times a year. So about every four months. So every four months, some are longer, some are shorter. I need to roll that money. Yeah. And so. You need 20%. 20% a great number to have on that car. Yes. Okay. How many do you have right now in your possession? Nine. I uh, just bought one today. Ten. Ten. So you, you, they're sold pretty much. They, they will be. And, you know, I say everyone sells. It, it's just you put it out there and you just we're, we're also trying to find the right guy because we're selling almost 30 year old Land Rovers. And you're what just. What do you mean the right guy? Who cares if the check don't bounce? Well, that's phone calls on nights and weekends. And that's sm like smearing, you know, your name or whatever. Like they just if they don't understand an old car. The first time it doesn't start, which will happen. Land Rovers are not reliable. Oh, wow. Toyota's okay. are reliable. They're going to call you and say, hey, what the heck? I mean, we've had people say, left it on the side of 30A. We're flying back home. Keys are in it. Go get it. Go get it. Oh, my gosh. And we have, I mean, this, you responded in multiple different ways, but you know, we, go, we go get it. We do the right thing. And then you got to charge them for it, of course. But yeah, sure. These are cars that they get delivered working, but that is the biggest inherent issue with my career is I'm selling almost 30-year-old unreliable vehicles. So you have to screen the people that's like, you do know an old car is going to break down once or twice a year. And you never know when that's going to happen. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're the right person. But if they, they freaked out by that, they're not a defender buyer. And you tell them what? Hey, just expect it to happen. I don't think this is for you. You ever say that? Absolutely. Well, when they start asking about warranty, there's no warranties. No, no, no. If they, I come get it, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. It's going to be in good working order. And obviously the first day you get it, you know, something happens. <laughs> we're not going to, that's no not question. Really, you can't yeah. survive this long, but at the same time, you also, every time somebody has an issue, you can't jump on it or you would never. It's all you do. Yeah. It's all you do. So, this is pretty fascinating. I had no idea this was like this. Um, so you've got nine cars, 10 cars, excuse me. When you put the thing on Instagram for sale, how long will it be for its sales? You know, Aver out on average. Um, I would say last year, I would say a day. Because <laughs> it was COVID, right? I mean, everybody's at home. They got money. They're, nobody said you can't you know, hop in a car with your family. But ever since, I guess, the fall until maybe a month ago, it was just slow. I think people were just waiting, and I'm not really sure why, but it just it got slow, and now it's heated back up. Slow? So, how long? Uh, I'd say six months of, of slow, and I, I don't know if that was due to— no, How long would it take to sell one the last sorry, six months? Uh, I would say a month. I'd say now it's maybe a week. So you go from a day to, to a month to now you're back at a week. Right. Which is part of that's interest rates, Stephen. It's part, interest rates. Part of that's is like money's a lot more expensive right now. And then I mean obviously it's down a little bit, but it's 
There's fear in the market with banks failing. There's sure. I mean, there's all kind of stuff. And then the weather was a booger this year because Rained. it was raining in California, which is my biggest market. And then it was a it was a late winter for the Northeast. Now, how do you get how do you get cars to California? You ship them or you drop well, transport? Yeah, um, ship them. It's too too far. Yeah, so we we'll, we will deliver you a car if you're like as far west as Dallas, as far north as like Virginia, as far south as we'll get a we'll get a Miami. And, and that, that's, you get to shake a hand and that's really a big part of it. You know, when you get to meet somebody, but would you rather do that? Oh yeah. Just, just, and that way too, you, you know, again, you have skin at that point, like you're a real person. Yeah. And then when they do have a problem, it's like, man, I remember that guy, like he's a good guy. He's a nice person. Mm. And same thing for me, if the guy's going crazy, I'm like, maybe there's some validity to this. Cause he was a really nice guy. He was really warm and right. inviting. So there's some feeling out of that because again, these cars, nobody, we're not selling Toyotas. No, that's right. Tell me about your kids. So you've talked about your two boys. You got a 14 year old boy and a 19 year old, 19 year old boy. boy. Tell me about them. What do they do? You know, I know the one 19 year old started working for you. Yes. What was he like in high school? Um, he is, he's probably the most gifted athlete I've ever seen. Really? He can just do anything. Okay. So he was doing butterfly pull-ups at like probably 11 or 12. He got his first muscle up like when he was 13. Mm. He grew he, up in a gym. He was a gym. He grew up in a CrossFit gym. Yeah. So. Now, where do you train here? Um, really sad. Uh, my, my brother's basement. No, it's not sad. It's, it's, uh, it's like the way CrossFit got started. So that's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah so. When Forrest and I were in his gym, I mean, his garage was awesome. And then I was at Iron Tribe forever, and I'm still a member there, and they're great. Sure, yeah. It's just I cannot commit to be somewhere at some time, and it's just very hard sure. to get somewhere sometime. But uh, so he grew up playing every sport, doing really well, uh, struggling in school always. Okay. Always struggling in school. And so he graduated last May, and it was just amazing. But he uh, transitioned to – uh, gymnastics and then found mountain biking at 13 and he went on and won two state championships really? and then last july took second in downhill in the nation and six in enduro which is a a stage race it's it's it's, it's insane what they'll do so he was on the mountain biking team well yeah and that was kind of it's really more individual um yeah. now there's teams back then i mean he was on a team but um he went to mount brook or briarwood Mountain Brook. Mountain Brook. Okay. So he, uh, you know, you get beat up all day because, you know, you're, you know, special ed for school and, yeah. you know, it just gets pulled out. But then he showed to a mountain bike race and it's like, oh, great, Jackson's here. And he would just dominate. And so it was so good to see him excel. But he could do, I mean, he could have done anything. He could have played any sport. Um, and then my youngest son is the exact opposite. Like they are just can't get Jackson inside. Patterson's my youngest. He can't get him outside. What's he into? Um, Boy, you said 14? 14. Eighth, um, eighth grade? Eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, VR, uh, coding, computers. Coding. Um, just anything that is really calm and quiet. Is he and, good academically? Yes. He's a great student. So he makes great grades. Um A's, sometimes an occasional B, very self-motivated. He'll get up at 4 a.m. and study for a test if he if he has to. I mean, he's very motivated. Isn't that crazy how you've got one kid that's totally opposite and the one kid's that, I mean, they're just. They're nothing alike. And, um, you know, and 
you know, you have these two kids and you just, you got to find, I knew early on you had to establish a common interest with them because sure. that's the way like your dad, but you're also like doing this with them. And yeah, that's great memory. So yeah. with Jackson, it was, it was, um, you know, we would travel every weekend and going mountain biking. Yeah. And there's no, I mean, there's some mountain biking in Birmingham. It's actually really good, but in order to really get good points or really competitive race, you're, you're traveling. And so, I mean, we would, we would go to, uh, all around the country and even outside the country. I love travel sports. And there are a lot of people out there that think that travel sports, the devil, but Steven, think about what travel sports are. So we gripe on and complain all the time. You've even done it a little bit with like, you're always on the road, but travel sports, whether it be mountain biking or volleyball or basketball or baseball, I'm not a huge baseball fan, but it is concentrated time with your family. Mm-hmm. You're in a hotel, you're eating, you're watching, you're enjoying the wins, the losses, whatever. It is so concentrated, like 48 hours straight. Yeah. You cannot get that back. No. And I hear people talk about in a negative light. I'm like, y'all, it's like mini vacations. Yeah. All weekend long. Now, you're not sitting on the beach drinking a margarita, but you are with your family. And I try to tell people to, like, embrace and cherish because we love I freaking love travel volleyball. I love it. And it's expensive, but I really think of it as an investment for, for us. And I know that's probably the way you thought of it with Jackson. Yeah. Because, I mean, you probably saw some cool cities. Went to some oh, yeah. Cool Looking back, those were uh, after nationals, he said, I'm done mountain biking. And it's like, that was our thing. Like, that was our thing. Because he got me from going to CrossFit gym five or six days a week to mountain biking. Right. And so for the last five years... I still train with my brother, but I also try to ride a hundred miles a week and I'm riding and racing mountain bikes. And it's like with him. Uh, yeah, I can't, you can't no. keep up with him. Oh God. No, really? Oh, oh no. Oh, that's awesome. That's oh, awesome no. that your 19, 18 year old is so much better than you. That's great. Uh, oh, so much better. So, um, anyway, and then, you know, with my 14 year old, we struggled to find the thing. He, he liked Pokemon cards for a while. Yeah. I don't know anything about them. Nothing. But man, I've learned so much. And, you know, we try to get a tournament. You don't want to do that. And so we just always are trying to find that thing that that we can really connect on. Um, and that's just so important to connect. My, my kid, Tegan, loves fishing and hunting. And my dad never did that with us. He tried very, very slightly, but he never did that. And I hate fishing. Oh, hate it i think i hate it worse than you but my man loves it yeah and so we buy the stuff and we there's a pond about less than a mile from our house we take the side by side over there Mm. and sometimes i'll fish with him and sometimes i'll sit and read a book yeah but like i try to find mark melikar who's a great friend of mine and his dad passed away probably a year after my dad passed away and I said, what was your dad into? And he made a great statement. He goes, my dad was into whatever I was into. Wow. Baseball, hunting, fishing, because we all kids, everybody, you were like, it. we all go through phases of being like so wrapped up in this and so wrapped up in that. And this is the only thing I want to do. And Tegan's in that right now. And Mark made the comment about his dad. He's like, he was a great dad. And you've, you've said it too about your dad is like, they're into whatever you're into. Yeah. And I think that's awesome that, you know, you got one that's a stud mountain biker 
And then you got one that wants to code and Pokemon and VR and all that kind of stuff. But here's where you and I are similar. Like you can identify with a mountain biking kid, but the coding kid. It's harder. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's harder. And you know, when you, when you do spend that time with them or you watch a movie or something yeah. and, and, uh, you know, it doesn't feel the same as, as, you know, shredding a trail in Colorado, (sighs) you know, I don't have that same whatever, but he does. Yeah. And so, um, well, I probably spend more time with Patterson just because I'm trying to connect. Mm. And so, um, you know, is he in the cars? Uh, he's the, he's the one that wants a DeLorean. No, I mean, he doesn't know. He, he's just like, I like the, I like this body. So, um, but no, but he, he draws and, uh, he, he did, he ran track. So it's second grade. I pulled him from sports because he just couldn't hit the ball mm. and eventually went from building up to like, you know, kids, you know, obviously they want sure. everybody to hit the ball. So I said, buddy, you're retiring. And so people were like, you playing ball? I said, no, nah, I'll retire. And no they'd more. laugh. You know, awesome. They didn't know. So this year he said, I want to run track because my girlfriend's running track. Good for him. And it was like, okay. Yep. And son of a gun. He did awesome. Did he made really? it to Metro, which was his goal. He's very goal-oriented. And it's like, he can run. That's awesome. And he did great. So, you know, just when you think you figure your kids out, no, nah, you haven't. What is the best, like... So talking about him, what right now with the youngest one, because the older one we know, Jackson, we know, what are you doing right now to, what is your like go-to spend time with him thing? Well, because of track, we run. And so I That's great. do not run. I hate running. And so he's faster than me. And I did not think that would happen so fast. And so I'll get, I'll run a 300 while he's running a 400 and he tries to catch me. He tries to catch you. And then my brother has um, a pool and he likes to go lay out. And so That's good. We, we just, you know, mainly just kind of talk. He talks. My 19 year old does Jackson does not talk. Good, fun. Really? I don't know. So you got one that's a. And then Patterson yeah. would just tell you, tell See, you everything. My son, I'm working with him on telling stories now, like how to properly yeah. tell something. Because I, he starts talking and he gives the details and the, says the things that I'm like, hey, bro, let's take this and condense it down just a little bit because you're losing. Land the plane, buddy. Yes, <laughs> land the plane. And so I'm working with him on that because being able to tell a good story yeah. is a extremely valuable talent. It is. And if he can, if I can, because he's so imaginative. If and I and I'm forcing my kids to read right now, but he's a reader but he's also a ball player, which is extremely rare, I think. Cause I mean, yeah, a lot it's of kids, generally one of the others, it's generally one of the others. Um, but I'm working with him on that. So, all right. So at the end of this thing, I always like to ask, uh, these questions. Okay. So I want you to, um, answer these. I just, I've got four questions. You've already answered one of them. So three questions. I want super quick, extremely concise. So what are you focused on learning right now? Uh, right now, uh, I know you said really concise. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to read the Bible right now. Okay. So that's something that's really on me that, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. Sure. I would always around that. Yeah. Never read the Bible. And so I'm listening I'm, and I'm cheating. I'm on my bike listening to it. Fine. It's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good it's a story. I'm, I'm, it, it, it's a story. And yeah. that's the cool thing is. 
you can go to verse to verse to verse to verse. And, and then I didn't realize how much is so condensed and, and just Genesis or Exodus. So, um, that's a, that's on me right now. Um, I go through phases of just, I'm just read. You are a reader. Just business books, really. Or or fitness. Like I love, I used to read everything Rich Froning had. Yeah. Loved it. But I like reading about great people, but then there comes a time where I just say, okay, enough. I know it. I need to go do it. Action. Got to take some and action. And so yeah. I got to take some action. So yeah. right now my action is, is I'm trying to read through the Bible. All right. So I'm going to piggyback this. What's the best book you've ever read? Can't say the Bible. Um, I would say a tie between, uh, no, it's the E-Myth. A l- great book. Yeah. Great. So I put E-Myth and Built to Sale yeah. on the same like. That, Same plane. That changed me so They're much. Great books. Because you think, well, I'm really good at cutting hair, so I'll open a salon. Yeah. It's like, no, if you're no. good at cutting hair, do not open do a not salon. Open a salon. <laughs> um, okay, this is a two-part question. Okay. Okay. What is the what is the favorite your most favorite vacation that you've ever taken? Mm, that's good. Uh, I would probably say a cruise, a Caribbean cruise with my family. What is the your most favorite vacation that you've never taken? Mm, I would say a, I've, I've never traveled uh, far. So maybe it's like uh, to go to Bali or yes. somewhere just awesome. That's but good. I, I'm a beach guy. Me too. I could be at the beach every day. Water. Yeah. I'm water. So I we have water. a place at Weiss Lake, new place. It's awesome. Lake. And so I like water. I love the beach though. Yeah. Like I want to sit in this, like when I go on vacation, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people live their lives at 10 miles an hour and they want to go hundred miles an hour vacation. I, I live my life at hundred miles an hour. I want to go 10 miles an hour vacation. I love that. I don't That's have to do wonderful. something. That is wonderful. Um, okay. What have I missed? What have we not talked about that is like my this lovely is, wife? Let's talk about her. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got married. My met right out of high school. Married my senior year in Auburn because I was she was in Birmingham. I was at Auburn. Okay. We're always coming there. She was coming. And so we asked our parents, like, hey, will y'all mm. still pay for things if we get married my senior year? Yeah. They said, sure. So we got married December 11th, 1999, okay. right before Y2K. Yes, you did. Nothing happened. Nothing. It still has. And uh, yeah. And she, you know, I, I'm a spender. She's a saver. Um, Me and Jackie are the opposite. You're the saver. I'm the saver investor. She is. There's, um, yeah, she's, I mean, she's, she's a great uh, co-pilot. I mean. What does she do? She stays home. Does she? That's great. Stay at home mom. And so, so we, we said that in the beginning. She was going to stay So home. she stayed home the whole time? Yes. That's wonderful. So she's right now doing um, Kingsway Bible College. She's finished her first year. That's awesome. Sunday. And then she's doing a uh, college in Atlanta, Brian Guerin. So she's on this path for like four years. So she wants to have a ministry. And so she's just getting equipped right now. So, so um, when she's done, uh, what's your, your 14 year old's name? Patterson. When Patterson's done with school, she'll probably be done getting close to being done then. Yeah, I think so. That's great. And so she's, but you know, she's always in the Bible too. That's one thing that kind of makes me, you know, and feel, feel more obligated. That's great. Um, but great. Um, we raised two kids and um, she's with Jackson right now at a 
Horseshoe Canyon. It's like a horse okay. ranch thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't like horses. Hmm. I feel like they could throw me off at any, any point. And they're animals just like dogs. No control. And they know I don't like them. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Awesome. Hey, this has been awesome. I've learned so much about you and about just all the things that you do. And I had, I'm so glad I did not research. Well, good. Adventure motor cars. Yeah. Once you kind of, it's like, oh, so the same ones, same ones. It's the same cars. It's crazy. So, hey, Stephen, thank you so much. Thank um, you. Where can people find you? You talked about Instagram a little bit. Yeah. So Talk about your handle. And if someone has a, a defender, wants a defender, where do they, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Give me something other than Instagram because I want to get you off. Of yeah. So adventuremotorcars.com. Perfect. Yep. That's the best way to find everything. Awesome. So good. Um, guys, thank you so much. If you enjoy what you're hearing, uh, whether it be a small clip or whatever, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, um, because that helps us get the message out of what we're doing of letting people know that you can still be a great dad to the mountain, mountain biker and the coder and still kill it with selling vintage defenders to people all over the world. So I'm so thankful for you, Stephen. If you guys have any questions, please email me, thomas at thomascox.co. Thank you so much, guys.